Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. You know, about three weeks ago, I was eating, one of my favorite pastimes to do. But as I was sitting there eating, I felt like I had bitten into a rock. And uh, I thought, great, my wife has finally got to my food. This is it. But no, what that was was a, a filling had fallen out of my tooth, and I was now chewing on it. So uh, got into the dentist the next day, and he tells me, yeah, that one's definitely out, and you have another one coming, so we should probably take care of those. Well, the next day, after I gotten those fixed, I got this beautiful text on my phone that says, hey, a reminder, your six-month cleaning is coming up next week. I'm thinking, man, I was just there, just there. So I go to my cleaning, and they do the exam, poke my gums, make me hate life a little bit. But afterwards, uh, Dennis tells me, hey, got a couple more cracked fillings. Uh, You know, are you stressed? Are you biting? Whatever. And I was like, yeah, have you met my wife? And again, a little bit there, but no, I love my wife. Uh, But yeah, had some more fillings to get done. So go back the next week, and that's two weeks ago. And come to find out, he's like, yeah, one of these looks like it actually needs a crown. So all that to say, this week I had a crown put in. And, um, you know, I felt like complaining, felt like grumbling quite a bit through through all of that. And, uh, you know, I think it's timely that I put together this this lesson here for us tonight on an attitude of gratitude. Because, boy, I've I've needed this last couple weeks of just being thankful uh, for the situation I'm in. And, you know, given... Yeah, I think not many of us in here enjoy a good dental visit, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful uh, that the dentist got me in. I was grateful uh, for modern medicine, that I didn't have to endure that without being numb, and uh, ultimately, I was thankful I didn't need a root canal. So uh, just some things we'll kind of dive in tonight uh, as we look, and I hope some, some things to help us have an attitude of gratitude but when I, when I think about this subject, I think about questions that maybe you've been asked in your lifetime, maybe by your parents or things that you've asked your kids. Um, things like, did you think about that before you acted on it? Is that honoring to God? Does that demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit? And maybe are you putting yourself first or are you putting others first? And I don't know about you, but these are things that I'm often using to help my kids but I think God is helping me through that because many times the Holy Spirit is really poking at me when I'm like, hey, is that honoring to God? And God brings to mind, hey, are your actions always honoring to me? And I think, you know, looking at those sorts of questions um, really help us to uh, give an insight of, are we honoring God with our lives? Are we doing what we need to in this, in this Christian life? Well, one of those same questions I would add to this list uh, is, do you have an attitude of gratitude? And having an attitude of gratitude is what we'll look at tonight. And really, it's having a thankful heart, which I think is essential to the Christian life. 
As Brian said, we'll be in uh, second, or sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5. We'll start there in verse 16. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Well, as we look at this attitude of gratitude tonight, I want to just give us a few things that, can, that we can use to build this healthy attitude in our lives. Before we get there, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer, and uh, we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. Thank you for the opportunity to open your word. And Lord, I pray that uh, the things that you've shown me as I've prepared for this, Lord, that I can speak them clearly. And Lord, that you would just uh, give us some, some things that we can take and continue to sharpen and refine our lives uh, that, Lord, um, we may be a, a reflection of Jesus. Father, we love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our first thing we want to talk about with an attitude of gratitude, to have this attitude of gratitude, we need to guard against grumblings. Well, what is a grumbling? Have you guys ever complained, ever murmured about something, uh, maybe been discontent? Uh, these, are, these are what we talk about when we think about grumbling. And um, these grumblings, where do they live? Well, they live in our heart. And it's not a great place for them to live. Uh, so what we need to do is, as Christians, we need to guard against our discontent and really stop our complaining. To do that, we need to start by searching our hearts. And as we expose these grumblings and we search for them, um, maybe some of your grumblings that you've come across might sound like this. I have nothing to wear. I don't like any food in the cupboard. I'm bored with nothing to do. I have no time to do anything. Or they messed up my coffee order today. Okay. So sometimes our, our grumblings can sound kind of silly. But sometimes our grumblings are a little bit more serious. Things like, hey, my body's uh, kind of falling apart and I can't really enjoy life. My child just won't listen to me. My job sucks. I dread going in every day. My coworkers are jerks and they're not pulling their weight. I don't have enough money for anything. I need a car. I need a bigger house. I need fill in the blank. Or my spouse isn't showing me the love or doesn't pull their weight. And I think these are all real challenges that many of us face in different periods of our lives. And I don't want to dismiss any of these situations. Please don't hear that. I don't want to discredit any of the tough times that we're going through. But for many of us, we turn these challenging situations that we face and we turn them into a moment where we throw up our arms and give up. We're like that child who just says, I'm going to sit here I'm going to cry, I'm going to suck my thumb, and I'm going to wait for it all to be over, right? And so many of us, we just become victim to these situations in our lives. And as I was thinking about this, I think one of the things that really related to me was uh, the children of Israel. As they were slaves in Egypt, um, God had had done some work through the plagues and uh, got them across the Red Sea out of Egypt as they were going into the promised land. And God had promised, hey, I'm going to deliver you safely. I have a better plan for you. And we all know the story, but um, he delivered them into safety. And as the, the Bible records in Exodus, it says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. 
The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we, we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out of this desert to starve this entirely, entire assembly to death. Well, what did God do with that? He didn't smite them for their, uh, for their grumblings, but he met them where they were. And he gave them manna and he met their needs, gave them food so that they might never be hungry. But what do we see later in Numbers? In Numbers 11, it says, now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded an intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now the whole being is, or our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. How the children of Israel, and we can look at them and say, wow, shame on them. But how many times is that for us where we say, hey, God, like, where are you? Will you meet my basic needs? Like, I'm, I'm just asking for a little bit. And then we get that little bit and we're like, man, God, like, why won't you give me more? And I think that we see this here um, through the Israelites that this, is, this kind of behavior is kind of just what our flesh likes to do. We like to complain, we like to grumble and say, hey, we don't have it. Well, in Philippians 2, it says, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among you whom you shine as lights in the world. You see, God gives us this clear path to be blameless, this clear path to be harmless and to do all things without complaining or disputing. You know, as a Christian saved by grace, I think it's fair to say that we don't grumble because you don't get what you want, but be thankful that you don't get what you deserve. You know, I was sitting down for dinner the other night, another food story, here we go, but uh, <laughs> why didn't you help me with that? <laughs> so the other night I was sitting down for dinner and, you know, one of my children's in this habit right now of always, he sits down food goes in front of him. And before he even touches it, he just says, I don't like it. I don't like it. That's gross. And as, as he's sitting there and he says this out loud, my heart wanted to scream, you ungrateful child, go to bed. But I, I composed myself. I put on a little patience and I told him, eat up. You know, halfway through that meal, he looks up at his mom and he said, mom, thank you for dinner. I didn't probe him for it. But this is something that, you know, when we talk about an attitude of gratitude, it's something we have to work on. It's something I've been working on in my children to have this attitude of gratitude so that they understand, hey, you may not like the food, but we need to be thankful for God. One, for our mom who cares about us and loves us and prepared that food. And two, that God provided it for us, the nourishment to our bodies. You know, and, and that attitude doesn't come natural. It's not our first instinct to be like, hey, I'm so grateful for all of this. You know, we're good at complaining. And, you know, oftentimes that complaining just turns into this entitlement that, hey, I deserve something. Well, how do we guard against this, this heart of grumbling? I think there's many ways in which we can guard against it, but I believe one of the, the best ways is outlined in our verse tonight, where it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. We guard by giving thanks in everything. So next time you're thinking about grumbling about something, find the positive in it. Turn around and give praise and thanks to God 
who has given us what we need. Now, there's two things I want to kind of, when we talk about uh, an attitude of gratitude and we talk about grumblings, um, how can we recalibrate our thoughts around this? Uh, One thing that we can do is we can adjust our focus. So as we look at things in our lives, look at how am I looking at it? What am I looking at? Is it something of, of how I'm feeling? Is it how my life is going? Is it how others are affecting us? But we can ask God to direct our attention to him. So we're not only looking at ourselves, but we're redirecting our attention to God. One of those ways that we can do that is find a song, uh, a worship song that you like. One of those that I like is Be Thou My Vision. And you know, as, a, as a Christian, I, I you know, use this song to say, hey, God, I want you to be my vision. I want you to be what I look at. But as I study God's word and I know God better uh, throughout my life, I really take that be, be Thou My Vision as show me what I need to be, which is more like you. We can also ask God to control our thoughts. We can find Bible verses that we recognize God's power in any situation. Many of those are, for us are, are Psalms, where we see David in extremely bad situations or, or places he's been and how he turns to a praising heart back to God. And also pray for someone else. You know, when we look at the Israelites, their concern was for their own well-being. It was in that moment, hey, fill my belly or take me back to the Israelites or back to Egypt. At least I had food there. But I would ask, are we sometimes stuck in that same rut where we're not really looking at, hey, what does God have for us? But we're sitting there just grumbling in it. So being able to see the work in other people's lives, um, see answers to prayer, uh, really gives us a different perspective on the power that God has and recognizing that power can turn us around to praising God. So I want you to think back to that, that question I had of looking at a grumbling in your own life. I don't know what that grumbling looks like, but I would ask tonight, have you found the reason to be thankful in that situation? And I think that's where as a Christian, we need to again, refocus and give God thanks. Well, an attitude of gratitude um, also is thankful for trials. Those things that we grumble about, those things that we complain about, we murmur, those are, those are the trials that we're going through in life. And whether it's a hit to our health, whether it's we look at our checking account and it's running on empty, or it's that dry spell in your marriage, these are all trials that we have. And they come in different sizes. Some are small, some are big. And, um, you know, some of us feel like we're living in that land of trials forever. It's like, you know, we, we hear about the highs and the lows. Some people feel like, hey, God's just kept keeping me at the low. Don't know what's going on. But James 1 and verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You know, sometimes those trials, they're small. This... Uh, Last week, I had one of these situations. Uh, it, was, it was a small trial, but God really showed me, hey, uh, I'm here with you in this. I was working on a, on a car with my son, Ezekiel. And in the process of putting some things back together, I was screwing in a bolt. And this bolt just kept turning and turning and turning and turning. 
And my heart sank. And I looked up at, at Ezekiel, and he knew something was wrong. And he said, Dad, what's wrong? And I told him, well, Bud, this bolt's supposed to have some threads that it's supposed to hold into, but it doesn't. And uh, I don't know what to do. And as, as we look there, um, he had this look on his face and profoundly said, well, that sucks. And I was like, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, and his first concern was, well, do we have to take it all back apart? And this is after you know, a couple hours of putting things back together. He's like, well, do we have to take it back apart? And I was like, yeah, we get to. And uh, you know, through this discouraging uh, moment, uh, God really reminded me that I had an opportunity here to encourage my son, even though this wasn't his, he wasn't doing it, but uh, to show him that, hey, in discouraging times, we can still make the best out of it. And uh, I told him that without this happening, I wouldn't be able to show him how to fix it. And uh, he half smiled, he shrugged his shoulders, and he said, okay, dad. And that small, that small trial, I think Ezekiel doesn't know it, but I think God had him there to help me have the patience to teach him through it, which also taught me. And you know, you know, I think the second blessing in that is I also got a new tool out of the deal, but you know, that just happens. So, but I think, you know, in all seriousness, I think it's, it's very hard for us to look at trials and be thankful for them. We don't, we don't want them in our lives. We despise them. We, dis, we detest them. And uh, I think it's important to see that God has a purpose through our trials and those trials will help us at the end of it to see that we will be more joyful, more content, and more peaceful people. They cause us to grow. They cause us, I'm sure you guys can think of trials that you've gone through or seen others go through and see how God has deepened people's faith through that or deepened your faith through it. You, you develop this resilience that you, you start to be able to just go through things more easily because you recognize that deeper relationship with God that, hey, he was here through the last trial with me. He's gonna be here through the next trial with me. And that attitude of gratitude and trials helps us to acknowledge uh, our dependency on God and it deepens our relationship with God. And that deeper relationship continues to get us to turn back to God each and every time. You know, ultimately, what we want to do in our Christian life is be conformed to the image of Christ. And that deeper relationship helps us to get there. And God uses these trials, these tribulations, these temptations to grow and mold us and to make us more into the likeness of Christ. You know, to show this, think of uh, just a, a chunk of steel, you buy a chunk of steel, let's say it's $5 to buy this chunk of steel. Now you can mold and form this chunk of steel into a horseshoe. Maybe that horseshoe is worth 10 bucks. Well, if you have that same $5 chunk of steel and uh, you, you work with it, you might be able to manufacture that chunk of steel into some needles. Well, those needles, maybe they're worth $350 out of that chunk of steel. Well, you take that same $5 chunk of steel and you make it into some precision springs that are used in some expensive watches and that steel now might be worth about $2,000. Well, what am I getting at? Well, I think just like that process of metal, how it goes through, it goes through different processes uh, to make it the proper size 
It goes through heating process and cooling process and heating into the furnace, out of the furnace. It gets hammered. It gets manipulated. It gets worked with again and again, beaten and pounded and ultimately shaped and polished into what its final purpose is. And I think that's what God's doing with us through this life is he's, he's molding us into that image of Christ through these different situations in our life. And just like that process, that metal goes through, we become more valuable at the end of that to God um, through that process. He makes us stronger, purifies our faith, and uh, he, he shows us that he's faithful to be there through our trials. So we, we can, and really we ought to thank God for the trials that we go through. So instead of asking, Lord, why? I think a question we should ask is, what now, Lord? Because when you ask the Lord, what now, it shifts our focus um, onto what now will I do instead of why me? Oh, sure, that, that trial will still be there. The disappointment, the hurt, the pain, the fear, the doubt, it may still exist, but you'll discover that God is eager through that to show us what he wants from us next in that situation. Not only that, but does God not equip us to handle what he's given us? He's faithful in that, and he'll mold us into something more valuable through the process, and we need to make sure that we maintain a thankfulness through it. So when we look at an attitude of gratitude, I think we should be, be sure to make sure that we're thankful in the circumstances, in all circumstances, including the trials that we go through. Well, lastly, I just want to bring up that I think an attitude of gratitude has eyes on eternity. When we look at the worldly blessings and the things that maybe we grumble about or you know, say, hey, I want more of this or I want better health in this world, all that, those are great things to be thankful for as we look to God, um, you know, those blessings that he puts. But far beyond any of those, those worldly blessings, we need to thank God for our spiritual blessings. And uh, I think foremost, obviously, the gift of salvation. That gift of salvation, we need to understand and remember that we were enemies of God. And we deserved eternity in hell for that. And while we were still God's enemies, God was doing a work. And he did that work while we were still filthy with sin. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us and to make atonement or to make things right with God. And the reason I bring this up is we say, yes, Dustin, we know that. We're, we're aware of that. But the, the point I want to make is we need to keep that fresh in our minds. We need to, to understand, understand that we don't, we need to protect ourselves from becoming callous to that truth, right? We should meditate on the seriousness of this. We should uh, praise and thank God for that gift and what he's continually done through the cross. And we have so many reasons to be thankful for God. I'm sure many of you can sit here tonight and think, you know, God, I've, I've neglected telling you thank you for this. I've not had an attitude of gratitude. My complaining has become too easy to me. But Instead, we're looking, or instead of looking for things that we're lacking in our lives, we, we should be turning that and praising God for it. And remember that God doesn't owe us anything. God doesn't owe us a thing. He's graciously given everything through Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 
31 says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his, or he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How should he not with him also freely give us all things? And this reminded me of a story in Luke 17. You guys remember the 10 lepers, Jesus healed these lepers. And uh, as he healed them, uh, they all, they went off. One came back to thank Jesus for what he, would, what he had done, right? And we think leper, leprosy was a big deal, outcast in society, um, you know, all these things. But only one leper came back to, to give praise to Jesus and thank him for what he, would done, what he had done. And it, and it got me to thinking, how many times are we like those nine lepers where we go off, we see God's work, we see what he's done, we recognize it, we see the blessing, but we just keep going down our path. We need to be like the one and return back to Jesus and praise him. And if you think about it in a spiritual sense, were we not the same way? Were we not like a leper who was disfigured, had this disease, and Jesus saved us from that sin? So I think when we look at salvation, it involves more than just looking at, hey, Jesus saved me from hell. But God has given us eternal blessings beyond that. We've received forgiveness. You guys realize we're adopted into God's family. We are sons and daughters. We have eternal life. And he's equipped us with what we need for this life. He's given us the Holy Spirit to indwell us and to guide us. And these are all things that we need to be careful to to be grateful for, to have an attitude of gratitude. All that, and I think as as 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, thanks to God for his indescribable gift. May that be our attitude as as we look at this. So closing here with having our eyes on eternity, I think something that we can put into practice uh, would be to share our testimony often. Talking about what God has done to you brings you back to remember who you were before you had Christ in your life. It brings back those memories, but it also as you share your testimony, it shares the power uh, of God and what he has done in your life with those who you're telling it to. I think it reminds us that God isn't done working. As we pray to God and, and thank him for what he's done in our lives, it's a continual process. Our testimony isn't just that day we were saved, but it should be this wonderful painting of our journey that's taken us uh, toward, the perf- uh, toward perfection in Christ. I would ask, do you guys brag about what God is doing in your lives? It'd be a great way to have your eyes on eternity and be thankful by sharing that testimony, seeing how God has has blessed in your life in the past, what he's doing today, and looking at what he will do in the future. And we know that because of his promises and his word. So may we show an attitude of gratitude as we keep our eyes on eternity. So in closing here, I think the Bible has a lot to say about thankfulness. And we give God this thankfulness and this fundamental importance in our life. But the Bible also mentions what happens to those who don't follow that path. In Romans 1.21, it says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, 
and their foolish hearts were darkened. And when we talk about this gratitude, it's a condition of the heart. It's a lifelong journey of us exercising. Uh, It's not just this great communication tool or this tool we have for better people skills, but it's really this characteristic in life that has to be cultivated over time. And so that's just my challenge tonight. And I want to end with this quote. It says, living a powerful life of gratitude takes focus, intention, practice, and care. But it's all worth it in the end to live a grateful and empowered life. So as we go through this Thanksgiving season, whether your turkey is dry or whether your family get together isn't what you dreamed it to be, or maybe your work has cut your hours, may you guard against your grumblings. May you be thankful for the trials and keep your eyes on eternity.